Okay, so you wanna you wanna like fuck me up on some horrible cold open? Okay. Oh god. I had something prepared French. for this. I like that that's just our bit. Is that you <laughs> tell me something horrible without prepping me? I had something prepared for this. Oh yes. Okay. So uh, this week I got an ask Uh-oh. in my inbox that uh-huh. said, "Do you think Agents of Shield would have been good if?" At the uh, end of season one, they'd killed Grant Ward like they were supposed to, uh, instead of keeping him around because the no. writers liked the actor. Stop! Now, people advised me to just delete this from my inbox and forget I ever saw it. Fuck and you. I wish I could. I truly wish I could, because I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would have been good if Grant Ward was dead and I was dead. And the writers were dead, and we were all dead. And also, if good meant the opposite of what good is, and if we just stopped enjoying things as a society, then I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would be good. Here's the thing, is I would rather a televised PowerPoint of the Zootopia pro-life comic than ever have to think about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ever again. I would just, just rather have to fucking drop the Zootopia pro life comic in the opening. You're I'm not really even gonna save it for I'm later. Not, oh, I'm sorry. I legit thought that's what you were gonna spring on me because I. No, I you've already seen it. This was a sexy surprise. Well, what if Grant Ward had died? What if I had died? What, what if, if we I were... had died in that fire? What if I? Just... I hope our few remaining friends give up on trying to save us. And you're probably like, why am I mentioning Agents of Shield? And it's because. They, um, Every time you do, it activates some horrible Manchurian yeah. candidate thing in it my does. head. It really you. does. And also because some reviewer uh, tagged it as Legends of Tomorrow. Shut the fuck because, up. God oh, no, damn it's it. funny to me because Legends has extremely surpassed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the team show everybody wants to watch. Oh, yeah, mood. But I think but, it's also... Uh, and notably, we're going to fucking tear it apart this week. I mean, not because we didn't enjoy it, but uh, we're going we're gonna to have some fun. Let's go into it. Lips, hips. So this week's All episode, right. the mid-season finale, was called Melissa, the God of War. And I want to open with um, discussing... Any of the uh, staff writers listening to this podcast? Hi. I want to open with the fact that we fucking... I, I, I was thinking about how Bebo is supposed to be Elmo, and I feel like you can kind of get Bebo from Elmo. I, I, and that's interesting because I saw it as a Furby, but I think that's because of the age difference, because here's the thing, is the opening of this episode might have seemed a little over the top to some people, but for some context, when I was four years old, Mm -hmm. I got a dog for Christmas. Yes, you did. And my reaction to getting a dog for Christmas was to cry and throw a fit because I hadn't been a Furby like I'd fucking asked for. The the (laughs) point is that that dog was the best dog and my best friend, but the the psychological grip that these holiday toys get into children's heads is so fucking... I, 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 we gotta I start like, regulating this. this some should be a law. Work will be like, oh yeah, I spent like a hundred dollars on Hatchimals. Last year's Hatchimals. Um, and they were like, yeah, I have a cousin who works in IT, and he had an algorithm on Amazon to track when they would ship the toys out to Toys R Us. So I would drive over there when they just finished the shipment. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm just, I'm like, first off, give me that fucking algorithm. Yeah, I could really use that. Secondly, are you good? 
And like they were I feel like the answer to are you good is definitely a strong no. No. And like that's the thing is parents at Christmas when you want that one fucking toy, all bets are off. Like that's it. Like you will actually like kill someone because if you do not get that toy for your child, yeah. Christmas is going to be miserable. No question. I just want to point out that my sister has a running gag of saying uh Christmas is ruined like oh, in July. At an unrelated thing, and also we're Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're uh, out to dinner somewhere in Gloucester, and my dad, like, spills soup on himself, as he is wont to do, because he's a fucking klutz. And she just goes, Christmas is ruined. We have to start, we have to, we have to co-opt that into the general meme lexicon at Gloucester, because it's the funniest fucking thing to yes. me. Because I feel like if we were in the Hallmark store, that I might be in the mall there, yes. and we dropped no, an they got rid of it, remember? Because my mom wanted us to go... Okay, oh, hi, God, context. Jesus. Hello, listener. For some context, yeah. my mother called me mid-July um, <laughs> from 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 New York to be like, hey, can you go to the mall while you're on vacation in Massachusetts and see what ornaments are at the Hallmark store? And then they got rid of the Hallmark store at that mall, so I had to no, tell my mom that. But let's just go back to the Bebo thing, because I just want to say that we started Bebo. We started calling um, domestic terrorist Melissa Benoit. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, Bebo during our uh, San Diego Comic-Con recap. Yeah. So this like, is old. old. And Relatively. that's really upsetting to me. And if yeah. by some, because we don't even have that many listeners in terms of popular podcasts. Okay. I think we're just a little bit popular is, for this. Fuck, I, I don't even know. No, I mean, listen, we get for a really specific niche podcast, yeah. which is, again, a funny times comedy podcast about a basic cable TV show. Yes. I would say we have a decent amount of fans. Yes. And I'm sorry to them. Every week. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, Especially since, like, 90% of this podcast is just in-jokes and references to shitty anime. Yeah, I just um, had to explain a fucking Christmas ornament. The Christmas ornament bit. Listen, that's... that's um, just... But if, by some accident, someone who works on that show that horrible, horrible show, is listening to this podcast, stop. Yeah, you have to this stop. This is bad for all of us. You really have to. It's bad for us. It's bad for you. Nothing good is going to come of this. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's, 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 you're going to self-incriminate yourself. Like, okay. if you keep listening to this, you're going to fuck it. You're you, going to fuck whatever. all of us. You're going to fuck all of us. Um, Like, do you think Phil, Cl Phil Clemmer, do you think Todd Howard, the <laughs> Phil Clemmer of Todd Howard's watches Monster Factory? <laughs> We're not nearly as popular as that. Yeah, no, we're, no. But then again, uh, Phil Clemmer is not as popular as Todd Howard. That's true. Um, but, like, no offense to I Phil. guess we can all just be unpopular together. Yes, exactly. Um, I think at this point, everyone who is involved in some way with the production of DCTV has become, at least I look like a popular moron. Um, I actually so want to, let's get in, because, like, let's get into the production of DCTV. And, like, let's get into this episode. Let's get into Melissa the God of War, because... Oh, Here's geez. the fucking thing, is that this week, and I'm going to open with the end, Jax left. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and like, here's the thing, is that I said to you, when we were doing the episode, and we said, okay, they've clearly foreshadowed that Multiple Ray times. and Jax are going to be Firestorm, and I said, the foreshadowing is so good, watch them fuck it up, because it's, that writing would be too good for this show. And I was right. And let me explain to you something about me being right. I've only ever been wrong three times in my life. The key to always being right is to always expect to be disappointed. So then when you are, you're like, yeah. Did any of those times involve uh, the man whose name I will not mention on this podcast? No, no. Okay. I've never been wrong Very in those proud. situations. I've always been right. 
No, I meant, I'm talking I about my judgment calls. That's fair. And I've I, only ever three thing. times had to say, oh, I misjudged this. Every other time I'm like, yep, yep. That's fair. Well, this is the thing is I'm I there is a little small shred of hope in the back of my heart guts that they will bring Jax back because, you know, his departure from the show, you know, there was a TV God article that basically said like, oh, he's leaving. But it's not like he can't come back after, you know, if they do some negotiation or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't. And here's the thing is I want him to come back very much for a lot of reasons. I think ultimately, even if he does, though, we have to contend with the fact that they were comfortable with him leaving at all, which very much says Jax's only value to the narrative was as one half of Firestorm. And now that he can't do that, we're just going to throw all of the other plots out the window. bullshit. Yeah, it's absolutely And, like, that's one of the reasons I genuinely think we did kind of have a... Like, we did sort of worry that Jax was going to leave when Stein did, but then we said, no, he's so important to the narrative. They wouldn't do that. Because he has been. And so that's why I'm kind what of like... What fucking I'm fools we were. I, you know, and I say that, but I also have to wonder, given everything we've heard off the record, allegedly, about what goes yes, on. Yes, I was going to start... Oh, I just touched my lips to the microphone because I want to get real. Yeah. Um, I would like to... Let's let's go back to, I think, what made us famous. Let's go back to the allegedly corner. Yeah. Because and so that's this is... Knowing, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Can I finish? You go first. Um... The thing is, is I didn't see anything, you know, I follow friends on Twitter and like, I, 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 I never really saw anything from him that indicated that he like had other projects that he was leaving the show for. Like Victor Garber left because he was doing Hello Dolly. But it's my concern is that friends left because some of the allegedly horrible happenings going on among the producers and on set at DCTV that have been put forth off the record. And given what we know of other people who left the cast for those alleged reasons, um, and given that Franz is friends with one of those people who made the allegations, very close friends, I can't help but feel like he just said, I can't fucking do this anymore. And I think that is not his fault. It is not his responsibility to have to deal with the shrieking tire fire silent hill hell maw that dctv is but it is very beautiful thank you you're welcome it makes me so fucking angry that the cw drives away like 90 percent of its diverse talent we're gonna have to fucking do black they've had black they've had about 20 black heroes or characters come through and right now they've managed to retain about two yeah they have had several gay and bisexual male actors come through they have not retained a single one of them. No. And like, listen. And like, I I am friends with someone who is um, a very devout Wentworth fan. Um, she follows his career very closely. And she's like, we were talking about legends. And I was, um, we were talking about like, in a period of about seven months, you watched Wentworth go from being really, really excited about legends to being like, no, I'm leaving. Yeah. And off. that's very telling. Because not, and this is not a knock on his career, but he has not, like, it was, like, after Prison Break, I don't really remember him being in anything big. And super media, super, bleh, superhero media is kind of, like, the thing now that most actors want to get involved in. And so yeah. for him to be really excited about a new project with a potential for engaging, like, a new fan base. With and Dominic, doing it, as a duo. Yes. 
Like, they literally, like, they hired the two of them specifically, like, hey, I guess someone on the show was a big fan of Prison Break. Like, why don't we just hire the both of them? Like, this should have been a big deal for him, and I'm so fucking angry that he wasn't At allowed this to destroy this. point, they are hemorrhaging people to the point where I'm, like, the only two constants I really see on Legends are Katie and Brandon. Everyone else, I feel like, is super up in the air because, and this is where I want to start getting alleged. Yeah. Because we've been seeing a lot of shade towards the crossover this week. Neither Ari nor I watched the crossover. We all know that. We had our great event. Yeah. It was, it was fun. great. Uh, I'm never fucking driving a car in front of strangers oh again. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, if you didn't oh make it to the live stream, Ari and I cannot fucking one. drive the Batmobile. We're doing, we're definitely doing another one because now that I find that, I found that fucking Arby's edit of the pro-life comic, I have to fucking do a dramatic reading of it. You need to I, stop I'm legally it obligated. You need to stop bringing that comic up where I am, can hear you. I, 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 first off, um, God hasn't returned my calls for a very long time. And secondly, I, so I, I, we've been moral like obligations to do it. Iris is pissed that Oliver and Felicity ruined her wedding. That's fair. She's totally entitled to that. Oh, God, um, right. And she makes a shady comment, and that's fine. Oh, right, but, we wanted, yes. Sorry, I'm sure. The thing is, and then, like, Legends, of course, has a whole episode dedicated to Jack saying goodbye to Stein, which felt very sort of bittersweet to me because it said to me that Legends wanted to do this on their terms and didn't get to. Yes. And that kind of makes me think, if you're so upset about this, if you're bitter, instead of putting shade in your shows, where the fuck are you in the writer's room? Yes, because I brought this up specifically because we were... Like, you guys, um, these are not... Yeah, as Ari said to me, these aren't new people that come in to write the crossover. Yeah, this is all you guys. And I think my frustration with Iris's comment was not that she was angry because she has every right to be angry. My, My frustration was more... Everybody has been blaming Felicity for this. Yes. Holy and I'm shit. Like, I was going to bring that up. Motherfuckers. She is being forced at effectively gunpoint into an abusive marriage with a sociopathic monster who seeps garbage from his every pore. And what this is, what this is, is essentially her signing her fucking death certificate. Yeah. Because, because I especially with fucking this. To you, this means that she is going to die because Dan Didio is going to come down there with a fucking gun. Here's the thing, because here's the thing about the fucking crossover and everybody being bitter and shady about Arrow and all of Arrow's bullshit. Dan Didio and Jeff Johns have nothing to fucking do with this. Allegedly. I guarantee you, like I can, I can tell you with alleged absolute confidence, allegedly that Dan Didio and Jeff Johns really would not give a fuck if everybody on the DC writing staff told Mark Guggenheim to go fuck himself. Because yes. if they did give a fuck, they would not have put such heavy emphasis on Green Arrow and Black Canary and Rebirth. That was their huge selling point. And it also says, it, that's also frustrating so to me. So where I'm the like, fuck are Phil and Greg if they're so bitter about this? Yes, like if if Mark only has, I assume he must have one really powerful executive on the board of directors for the CW because otherwise, like every like at this point, you have the backing of pretty much everybody else. He's not well liked. I don't understand why they're not pushing back. And it frustrates me. If she lives, I will be the happiest clam in the ocean. I, yeah, at this point, I'm like, I just want her to make it out alive. Like, if she doesn't, if she doesn't die, I'll just pretend like she never married Oliver. It's fine. But I would like to. I'm pretending right now. Yeah, I, I, I've been, I've been pretending this whole time. But like, the frustration I have is that Iris is now kind of being pitted against Felicity in this way that's making Iris fans who have a right to be angry also 
and just general reviewers of the show who kind of put the blame on the wrong person because they don't really watch the show outside of having to watch it for work. Um, so they don't really give a shit, but it makes me so angry as a fan to see Felicity dragged into this fucking mess. That's like actively harming her and making her look like the bad guy and the asshole to 95% of the fandom because nobody's willing to blame Oliver Oliver for bullying her into a marriage in the first fucking place. And also everybody's going to say that like, oh no, in the crossover, she's the one who interrupted it and she's the one who wanted to like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. And this Your also, canon is garbage. Saying, you are the garbage. The crossover also feels very much like they were letting Mark Guggenheim have his last self-congratulatory masturbation fantasy of Nazis and his horrible, like, OC murder. I mean, at this point, I don't even want to think of Felicity as his character. Um, this felt like they were all just kind of letting him have a thing, but it's really annoying to me as a viewer to see all of the other shows responding to it in, like, very petty ways that sort of make the characters look like they're, like, yeah, like where the holding f- resentment towards each other. Like, when if, I'm, I'm like, this you? is all just you fucking idiots being a bunch of fucking petty high schoolers. On that note, though, I will say the Stein puppet thing felt... It was, it was shady and it was good shade because, again, it didn't put hate like hate or resentment in characters mouths against other characters who were just kind of being manipulated by the writers and it felt very much like this kind of we were manipulated or puppeteered quote unquote into killing off stein in this way like we had no control just like wentworth's fucking face yeah oh no and it was like it was it was well that's the thing is it was real really black comedy kind of thing where they were like like, they were like, fuck, like, Stein died, and everybody literally just said, fuck it, I guess. Yeah. And, like, I just, I, I, I feel like a psychiatrist who communicates mourning through the use of elaborate puppetry is, like, a character in a Vonnegut novel? No, I'm sorry. Uh, different, that kind of white male author. That is such a David Foster fucking Wallace thing. Oh, Jesus you said the, you said, you said the word, and now the bells have to ring. And yeah, no, um, dollars. I fucking listen. Um, a really good friend of mine loved David Foster Wallace. I fucking I I can't stand. I, he's so. When I think white male author, like that kind of postmodern white male author, he's there. Fucking his ghost is haunting me. Um. Also, I got very bitter today because I saw someone mention all the people that have left Sarah, and they didn't even bring up Kendra when Kendra's last words were to Sarah, and the yeah. Kendra leaving is a lingering shot on Sarah. So I'm kind of yeah. like, fuck uh, you guys. People, people I, I who are will. coming in for, I love Ava Lance, but people who are coming in for Ava Lance and ignoring Lovebirds from season one and Sarah Maya from season two are my fucking village and villain origin story. Yeah. And like the thing is, is Sarah and Amaya came in later in season two, but yeah. it had some really good tension mm. that even though Amaya has been getting like her own plot now and I'm very happy, I'm kind of sad they dropped her butting heads with Sarah because it well, was really interesting. I, well, I love it, but also because I'm just kind of like, oh my God, I use that gif of Kevin to pour because... Sarah, when Amaya, when she's like, hey, you're really into Zari. Why did we never become a thing? And Amaya just goes, I'm sorry, I only date women of color. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Sarah, that's fair. What about Nate? Is he, is he a meatball? Does he just not count as like... Amaya just moonwalks out. Women, women of color and uh, an unfortunate white man or two. Like, here's the thing, um, is that... This week's episode was a good... Like, I loved this week's episode. It was episode. a good episode up until they... Like, the thing... I, I will say with Jax, the one thing... If he comes back or if he doesn't come back, he's alive. Like little things like that do matter. When we're when we're working with the 
revolving door of diversity that the CW is. But to have him at least still be alive, it's like with Kendra. Like, at least he they got their happy ending. You know, He Jax, actually went to live with Kendra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and they're fine. Uh, Jax is having um, great unlike, reasons. Unlike Monel Poochie, who died on the way back to his home planet. Yeah, Monel died on the way back to his home planet. Uh, I don't know what you're talking People about. People are now saying, oh, Legends is going to get a new team member. And I'm like, it's clearly Ava. I don't it's, know what anyone is. Have, she's. People are like, she, oh, is it going to be Wally? I'd love for it to be Wally. It, it's Ava, guys. It's, it's yeah. It's yeah, either going to, I mean, admittedly, it could be John. If only because I think Matt Ryan might move on onto set and not leave. I think he just lives there now. That's um, true. Because he really loves playing Constantine. But it's, we could I mean, not listen, get rid of Matt Ryan. I would love if it was if it was Ava and John and Wally. But admittedly, the thing about Wally is he should be on the Flash. He's the fucking Flash. And like speaking as you know, I was talking to my aunt who I hate this fucking I who hate likes this the Flash network and so like, goddamn much. When she asked me if I liked the Flash, I. I, 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 my, my astral self climbed out of my body through my tear ducts and like projected. Oh, you like Cisco? Dimension. Name three smut fics you've read with him in them. I, I didn't know how to respond. I just started shaking it. My grandma thought I was having a seizure, but like, it was the sort of thing where I asked her, I'm like, do you watch legends? It took me forever to work up the courage. Cause I didn't know how to respond if she was going to say yes. And she said, no, not really. It's, I just really like the flash. And so when you take Wally off of the flash people aren't not everyone is a very dedicated viewer like we are they are not going to follow some Wally people make good choices across shows yeah exactly some people have lives and children and responsibilities it's not about the money Marshall <laughs> but it is it is the sort of thing where Wally not being on the flash means he's going to lose a lot of people who enjoy him they're not going to know to follow him to legends of tomorrow unless they're already kind of an engaged fan and that's really shitty to do to him because as far as i'm fucking concerned i don't know who the fuck barry allen is wally has been the flash for 20 fucking years it's still the flash as far as i'm concerned and so i find moving him to legends kind of a downgrade which is frustrating to me i love this show yes. but taking a flash character off of the flash show also is a downgrade. because when uh sierra left they brought in Maisie. If, yep. if Franz leaves and they bring in Keenan, like, I'm not, like, I'm not saying don't hire black actors. I'm saying, why can you not have yeah, more than like, one black woman at, at a time? Why can't you have more than one black man at a time? Like, holy shit. Uh-huh. And you can't, they're not fucking Pokemon cards. You can't trade them from one show to the other. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm like, losing my mind here. It's the fucking truth. Like, you can't say, oh, well, uh, fuck it. We'll just throw Keenan on Legends. Whatever. It's the same thing, right? Like, no, it fucking isn't. It really is not. It is not, but- Philip. It's not. Um, I think I think we've gotten out all our anger. Well, no, never. No, but no. I'll always be anger. angry. That's my secret, Cap. <laughs> um, I. I'm always uh, oh anxious. God. I saw so many variations of that meme in the in the Hell Times. I don't want to. Um... Hey, do you think maybe if they had killed Grant Ward at the end of Captain hey, America, go fuck yourself? I. Hey, how about it? And I. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You brought it up. So you know what? Now, first off, you don't get to get mad at me for making the fucking comic references twice, because now you've brought this back in the, into my no, house. No, I was only mad at you for making the comic references no, early in the bad, show. I thought not mad. I wanted, I wanted you to save save it so we could no, save it later. No, but like the later. second time, you're like, why do you keep... It's not important. My point is, I... I find it really funny that this person thinks they wanted to kill Grant off because they clearly wanted to torture him and like make his life miserable and bait people. They were like, it was, it was like that Stephen Moffat tactic of like baiting you're people. Gonna spiral. In you're going to spiral. Yeah. 
Like, it was that same shitty, oh, do you want to see if Grant Ward is redeemed? Tune in next week's episode. We're not going to resolve it then. Tune in next week's episode, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that's really cute. People that still have me blocked from my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. days, and I'm like, I've changed. I swear to you. Listen, I... Some of them I still know. have me blocked, and I'm like, no, I haven't changed. You can go fuck yourself. But a no, lot I... of people. Um, where was my... Okay, but... We were going to go I... into the episode. I hate, I hate, I hate... I never want to think. I never want to think the words again. I'm just. I'm blocking that show from my reality of existence. Um. Okay. So Ava, big old fucking lesbian. Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, shut up. Because um. Ava Ava Sharp, who hails from a future dimension of matriarchal trans lesbians that rule the world. Um. Is. A lesbian and like I really didn't like. We'd made jokes about it because she is very. She wears a pantsuit and uses a one-handed fighting style. And, and she loves... She's just she basically got really mad. She got really mad when Sarah said she didn't like cats. Yeah, oh my god. Well, like, first off, that's because cats are delightful. Um, and wonderful, wonderful, wonderful creatures. But what I thought was really interesting about Ava... I don't even think she realizes that, like... I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna do, like, Ava realizes that she's a lesbian after, like having a thing with Sarah because she goes, I'm not really the husband type, but the show has always been a little more overt about saying like a character is Um, bi. Actually, somebody so. did a parallel. When Sarah met the nurse and Sarah mm-hmm. goes, do you have a husband? She goes, I'm not really into husbands. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very much kind of that thing they say without saying like a character isn't into men, their which code is good word for lesbian. But that's the thing is like, I do, I, I am interested to see if they're going to have like Ava, like come out, um, to herself or to Sarah, um, that, that I, that might be interesting. Or to Rip but in prison and Rip is just sitting there like, uh, I yeah. don't, yes, um, could someone get this, this sheep out of the cell? I've just been playing guitar at a sheep for three days. Um, he's been enjoying himself though. If, what the, if them trying right, to break okay. Rip out of prison isn't a shot-for-shot recreation of the episode where Patrick and Spongebob try to break Mrs. Puff out of prison only to yeah, find that no, she enjoys for, being for in real. prison this whole time. He's so happy. Um, I actually do want to talk about the whole prison thing in a little bit, but like, let's yes. continue talking about Ava. What I thought was really interesting is that... I love my beautiful lesbian. Ava, Ava goes, the last time we see her interacting with Sarah is her, and I liked this, that she was very much contemptuous of Sarah and like very much like no honor. I never her. read it as contempt. I, I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to, I don't think of it as a hateful contempt. Okay. I think of it as a contempt where it's like, I, again, no honor among thieves. I expected better of you. Okay. I thought that you might be an idiot who can't do things right, but then you were an idiot with a code who couldn't do things yeah, right. Yeah, because she's also the one who's like, yeah, he's in prison. Sarah also says to her, she likes them dumb but loyal. And Ava's yeah. thinking, I do too. And looking at her. And so for Ava to think that Sarah is not capable of loyalty, I think made her very contemptuous and upset because she expected yeah. better from Sarah. But I think that that's interesting because that was the last time we saw them interact. And then she comes back in in this episode and she seems very flustered and kind and much more forthcoming immediately when Sarah asks her for help. And she just, she goes, she's, it's very much like the defrosting ice queen kind of thing. Mm, she melts real quick. Cause, cause she like, cause she goes like, oh, I look. Like, well, she didn't. She's like, I look like a fucking Game of Thrones extra in these furs. And Sarah just goes, I think you look good. And she like, she does the fucking like period drama, Edwardian heiress glancing over her shoulder at a garden party, look at her furs, and like smile softly to herself. And I'm like, I fucking, we know you're gay. It took. Two, and then like, it she, took you two goddamn minutes. Yeah, literally two minutes. And then at the end, like she 
gets what I thought was a really interesting parallel is Sarah's now the one who says, I need you. Like, that was really interesting to me because it's not only paralleling Rip's feelings for Sarah, but also that Ava is suddenly in Sarah's position. Yeah. Um, which I think, again, some, I don't, this show has clearly never given a shit about following through on anything it foreshadows. But possibly this will foreshadow um, Rip being in love with, with Sarah and Ava being in love with Sarah and Sarah being upset. And then, and then, and then it's a V relationship and it's great and everything is perfect. Yeah. That's great. And I, I have a it. gun on Phil Clemmer right now as yeah. we speak. But who fucking knows? It might really just lead into the whole show just explodes. Um, yeah, here's the thing is that like the more you I mention don't... that like, oh, Ava's got really soft very quickly. I'm like, what are you planning to do to her? Well, I, Phil, I just think it's look me in my I eye holes. I think it was more that they were in a hurry. Yeah. You know, I, I love slow burn, but I think especially if they're going to bring Ava onto the ship or at least make her more often recurring, mm -hmm. they wanted to kind of speed this up a little because this is the mid-season finale. So they didn't want people to forget that she was kind of on good terms with the team now. Yes. Um. So it feels like it's a little, just a little rush. If they take some time, I would like to see Ava realizing she has feelings for Sarah and struggling going back and forth between being very much like the... Uh, the job comes before my feelings and I love this garbage fire of a human being in sweatpants. Um, Every time Ava critiques Sarah from now on, Sarah's just going to yell, uh, that's biphobic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's going to make fun of her so much. <laughs> At what point does Ava just go, okay. Transphobe. Okay. And then, and then I guess Sarah just gets up and moonwalks out. Um, I just love, that, I just love it. Like Ava just comes in like literally holding a bouquet of flowers for Sarah. Like, Hey, I just found these. What's up? That's adorable. And Amaya likes three Honestly, fingers and Zari is like, uh, nobody likes desperation. I mean, I actually, I also want to see Zari harassing Ava because yes. I think that'd be really interesting. Like, Zari that's a person I could really get for. such a breath of fresh air. Like, can we move into her for a little bit? Yes. Cause talk because you love her so much. Her talk. saying Sarah's not the boss of me was so, like, you know, some people have said, okay, so she's a little bit like Sarah was in season one. And like, yes and no, because Sarah has until season two of legends of tomorrow really worked as someone's second in command. And then she learned that mm -hmm. she's really great at being command, like a commander. And no, so she's not, but she's, she, I don't mean this in a mean way. Sarah's not very good at her job, but also neither was, is rip. Yeah. So, so, so you're, all I mean like down the wash. It's, it's fine. Nobody's good at, but Zari yeah, no one on the show never doesn't want to be like a second in command. She doesn't actually want to like follow anyone or be rebellious, but then have someone to report back to. Zari is just straight up like, no, you don't have to do what you don't want to. But she is very much, she's not rebelling because she never agreed to a system to rebel against. She has always kind of been on this team to, she likes these people a lot and she cares about them, but she also, her goals are her goals and she's not going to let anyone divert her from them, which I appreciate. I really like that. And it's really fun having a non-villainous character on an ensemble cast with an entirely separate set of motivations. Like, yes. that's cool. Like, she's, like, again, I like, I liked her a lot in this episode. I mean, I like her a lot in every episode. I shouldn't say it like that. But, like, I liked what she did in this episode. I'm just 
very. I liked what she did in this episode. I, don't know, I really, I had mixed feelings. I like about... how much you like her. Yeah. So I like, I like, I like hearing you talk about her. So then I feel like I don't say enough. But like, she is so consistently like one of the most interesting characters her because she is Jax kind of find a loophole was such a breath of fresh air because even yes. when Len and Mick and stuff were like, like Len tries to find that one loophole with his father and it doesn't work and nobody ever tries to find a loophole again. Yes. And also, now Zari is like, I do what I want. And like, it didn't work in this episode. I'm so, you know, I'm sorry. Can we go back to, I am so fucking sick and tired of the, oh, I don't need to know about my death. I've lived a good life. I let He's me, like, let, I'll be 67. Let I'm like, that's really not that old. Number one, it's really not that old. Like secondly, he just Holy looks at him. Jax hands him the thing and he just goes, Victor Garber wants to leave Jefferson. Good! But it is also the sort of thing where, like, I just get so bored with the, oh, let me go. I've lived a good life. I just have to die. This is fine. Because I don't know if it's just me, but, like, I feel like if I got told, hey, you're going to die in six weeks, here's how you prevent it, I'd be like, well, shit, thanks, time traveler. I, especially in, in, in Young Stein's case, because he knows that the time travel is legitimate, he knows that Jax would have knowledge of what's happening for real. And then so, somebody pointed out that also means that he's known for the entirety of meeting Ronnie through Legends of Tomorrow when he dies. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, that doesn't make, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't make sense, but mostly it like, doesn't. It doesn't, and it's it's the sort of, it's the, it's the, it's the prequel sequel problems that you have that, like, fucking every, every goddamn time you do a sequel to something that's technically a prequel, you end up doing accidental, either recursive retconning, or you don't remember to include everything, or you replay the, the original, and you're like, wait, there should be a reference to this here, because wasn't this character important? It's not fucking Martin worth it. Martin Stein fucking... has been Anakin Skywalker this whole time. I just want to pretend like he's fine, because I hate this crossover and this show is dumb. With that said, I have just never found that very realistic. It's one of my least favorite time travel things. Like, just admit that you don't want them to be alive because you don't have the availability of the actor anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, find a more creative workaround. I just, I don't know. I can never find it realistic, because I'm always like, I, I would try to save myself from dying. Dying, I've heard, kind of sucks. So you I do just, end up dead at the end people. of it. Well, especially since they're always such a cop out. Like Laurel's was super grating because I was like, you motherfuckers disrespected her in life and have the audacity to put words in her mouth about how she's essentially better off dead. Like get fucked. Yeah. So I think that's part of what drives my contempt there. Um, in acted TV uh, TV shows, I feel like I don't have that same problem yeah. in books as much. I might still say I feel like a character, like I feel like a person wouldn't necessarily respond that way, but I have less of a frustration because I understand that it's an it's a scripted character, it's a written yeah. character. There's no actor beholden to it. Yes. This just feels very disingenuous in a way that was super frustrating. Yes, um, and I hate that. Um, on a lighter note, mm -hmm. I really liked the. Bebo sequences essentially being uh, the last Chronicles of Narnia book, especially the end part where they were God, like, they were like Ray being like, and like, and that's one of those things where people like, Ray, if Ray is Jewish, why would he say that about Jesus? And I'm like, I think he's just saying that because he needs the Vikings to stay Christian. I don't think it applies. Like, yeah, it, to me, didn't read at all about his personal beliefs. It just said no. He just he was just trying to keep history on course, and part of history staying on course is the mass conversion of the Vikings. Yes. You know, we could argue about the historical context of the fact that Christians were essentially mercenary mis missionaries. Well, mostly yeah. Catholics. Christianity wasn't right. That's the thing. Is Christianity wasn't really a 
thing because Catholicism is much older. Um, oh, and okay. It was you want to talk old monotheistic religions? Listen, I'm not trying to, I'm not stepping to Judaism. I'm stepping to Christianity. I understand that you're much older, but I'm saying those bitches without their stained glass windows can miss me. Um, especially since I always, there is like, Christians really hate Catholics, and it's always really funny to me because I'm not, like, listen. Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand when you say this shit. I don't understand when they say this shit. You guys are the same people. I, that's uh, that's what I fucking said. I'm like, listen, we both. Well, the thing is, is Christianity is a belief system. Catholicism has a much more rigid stress system of power in place because it has been a power structure for longer than some countries. Like the Holy Roman Empire has been around for a pretty long fucking there time. There is no Roman Empire, Ari. It's just Italy now. Yeah, well, it was. I'm sorry. I should have clarified. It was around for a very long time. And throughout, up until like the 1700s, the Catholic, and even after that, but like that was, you know, um, kind of when it started to taper off a bit. And the Catholic Church powers. is the main villain of the Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, also Trinity Blood. Um, there's going to be like three people who really appreciate that Trinity Blood I have no reference. idea what you just fucking said, it's so... Don't, don't, please don't worry about it. It's not worth it. Um, my point is the Catholic system of, system of power has been around for a very long time. Um, okay, so what Christians this? really resent that power structure. They don't like being told how to worship by the Pope, which is really funny to me because I don't know, I don't pay attention to what the Pope says. That's not the point. Um, I'm also not really a good Catholic to ask. I'm not really very... I, I don't know what the fuck I am. But my point is, is I think it's... I, I didn't... I never saw it as like Ray like not being Jewish. I didn't see it as, and again, I'm not Jewish, so I can understand. I didn't see it as Ray not being Jewish. No, and I'm grateful. I mean, and like, but, here's the thing. I don't, I don't speak just because I say it doesn't mean that every Jewish person yeah, has to be like. Yeah, I'm like, it's very, it's nice that you said it, but I shouldn't still try to be like, well, my Jewish friend said it was okay because that's not helping anyone. Um, My point is it was just more to keep history on track. Yeah. Um you know, and not create any more anachronisms. I will say the little running gag of Ava misremembering the holidays was adorable. That was so good. Especially since it was just, it's like, she's really cute when she's a little flustered. Yes. Um, her actress does a very good job of kind of like making her seem a little like Also, startled. she has a lot of hair. I couldn't tell if she I wears it realize. in a bun. She's got a lot of beautiful, yeah. beautiful hair. I'm just, I'm just, I, I really, I'm, I, I'm, First off, what kind of bun did you have that, like, you pulled that out? And that was, like, some fucking, like, like that, that scene in Adventure Time where Finn takes his hat off and it's just hair fucking ever. Like, that was literally it. Like, I just wasn't expecting her to have that. She had, like, Godiva hair. I'm pretty sure it went past her chest. Ava naked like, riding a horse. Disgust. Uh, thanks, Sarah. Spray painting that on the side of the wave rider. Um, <laughs> I can't go on that Ava, ship anymore. Ava. I can't do it. <laughs> it was like I'm piloting the ship into the fucking sun. I'm taking us all with it. It's better this way. Yeah, remember, so I just remembered. Remember when Sarah and Ava played chicken with everybody's lives because they're oh, fucking assholes? That was, that was, yeah. Uh, they are the dumbest people sometimes. Remember uh, when Ava was um, like, tell us what the coordinates are or Ray dies. And Sarah's like, I would kill Ray a thousand times before I give you <laughs> fucking anything. <laughs> I'll see you in hell first, future love interest. I love that. I do. Um, I'll see you in hell first. first, future love interest is what my fucking tattoo is going to read. Yeah, that's fair. That's valid. Um, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. We've we've really been all, all over the place. I have no idea what the fucking... Because I think we oh, were... Okay. I, it doesn't matter. Uh, Ray and like the whole... I, it, Narnia? Kind of? Um, in any case. Um, I want to go on to something... Yeah. That I found interesting 
which I think is going to be kind of my last big point, aside from some wrap-ups. Ava says something to the effect of, uh, when she says, oh yeah, Rip's in jail, Sarah goes, por favor. Um, Por favor means please. I know, that's the joke. It was a bit, Sarah doesn't speak (laughs) Spanish. Sarah doesn't speak Spanish. Which I'm sure exactly that he was like that. Please watch. Sarah's like I I don't I don't speak Italian. Um, Please watch. And is is that Ava Ava says that Rip's in jail and Sarah seems to like she reacts like she didn't know that that was what was going to happen. Sarah Lance, name three things you have ever thought through in your fucking life. And I want to talk about this seriously because it frustrates me because um, I like Sarah a lot. I'm going to preface the statement by I like Sarah a lot. But sometimes I get very frustrated by her decisions because she is a character with who has a very short-sighted um, approach to problems, a tendency to take the most immediately easy way out, and a stubborn streak. And these are all interesting character flaws, but it becomes frustrating to me because we, when we talked about her doing this, we talked about the idea that she was doing it for a, like out of a desire to protect Rip and keep him safe from yes. uh, the ultra wormhole because that was basically what Malice looked like. Um, some weird Yannick metaphor. She just thought um, he was going to get a slap on the wrist. Yeah, she really, I like, but, and that's, I, and that's the thing is, I think I'm frustrated because she didn't think her consequences through, and this seems to have been completely an act of petty jealousy, but this is someone she's very close with, who she has put at risk now, and it frustrates me because sometimes I do genuinely feel like I can't talk about um, negative qualities of Sarah without coming off as being overly negative towards her and I just I I, I want to make it very clear again I am grateful she has flaws I'm even grateful that those flaws are kind of being petty and and bitter and holds a grudge because those aren't often traits I see in female characters who are otherwise pretty heroic this is a good thing these are all good things in the larger context but I will admit that just as someone who's a fan of Rip and who's a fan of the relationship they have together, it is frustrating for me to have seen her kind of basically be like, oh, shit, I didn't realize what I did was going to have consequences. Like, he trusts you, dude. You got, you have to be better yeah, than this. Yeah, I mean, you what you said to me that was super interesting, what you're saying is that, like, this is not something you do to a friend. It's not. And, and that's like, a point that hit me right in my heart. Like, I would never do this to you. I would ever. never sell you out to the cops yeah like straight up and like, like and mean, like it's, honestly, at its core it's about friendship uh-huh like ignoring all romantic it's just these are two people who have a very close bond and she sold him out and again if she thought that he was in a higher position of power than he was there they actually explicitly say when they come to arrest him because rip's like you can't arrest me i'm the cake boss and they're like no man is above the time law no man is and, above the cake boss Yes, no, no man is a what's a cake off to a non-believer. Um, when Mick and, killed Bebo, and I was just like, what's a god to a non-believer? Yeah, for real. Um, oh, there is one more very important thing we need to talk about after we talk about that. A god to a, hold on, hold on, a god to a non-Bebo-lever? Get off my fucking podcast. <laughs> Leave this realm of existence. <laughs> This friendship is over. I lied about not selling you out to the cops. You're so mean. <laughs> uh, what was the important thing you wanted to talk about? Uh, Mick and Le- Mick and Leo oh, oh, and fuck. Mick's oh. alcoholism. Remember? Oh, that was like pretty important. I. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm gonna be level. I. This was really upsetting for me. Like I. Um. 
I like, I, I, oh god, I'm like, actually, fuck, hold on. I'm seeing, I'm just gonna keep calling him Len, because when I call him Leo, I think of Final Fantasy. I think of uh, my dog that died. Well, I think of, yes, but I also think of Fire Emblem Leo. He died and, like, so tragically. It's really <laughs> upsetting. God, that's horrible. I'm yeah, sorry. it was very traumatic for my mom. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare conversation. Because now we're just talking about dead dogs. I hate this. Um, <laughs> we're a comedy fun time podcast. What the shit? Wentworth but- Miller killed my dog. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Um. Okay. Oh God. Oh God. Back on track. Back on track. Thank you for making me laugh. Um. So, like, when Len says, when he calls him, first off, he calls him out, like, in front of the rest of the team, and he says, you have a problem. This is not normal drinking. This is not acceptable drinking. And, like, Mick is so taken aback. And then Len takes steps to, like, actively directly intervene. And it was as simple as telling Gideon to stop synthesizing beer, which I thought was really interesting. I am not blaming the team for this. I think it's very interesting that, like, Len was like, you have a problem because I think the team has known Mick for so long with this drinking problem because it really picked up early in season one. I mean, season two, I'm sorry. Um, that I don't think they realized that it was um, a product of Len's death and his depressive episode. I think they just thought it was something Mick did and they didn't know how to intervene because even very good people who care about you a lot might not know how to intervene when you're having an alcoholic episode. That's very, very true. And, like, that's the thing is Len, I think this version of Len was bolstered by the fact that even though he was Len and Nick knew him as Len, it was a different Len and he was a little more able to see the situation with fresh eyes because everyone else has been living with Nick this entire time. Um, And I just find it really surprising that Gideon herself hasn't just stopped synthesizing the beer because she is sentient enough that I think she could stop doing it if she so chose. But you could also argue she's a robot. I don't think she necessarily understands what alcoholism she was medicating me yeah that's the other thing is it I was it was it was maybe she was like oh he's met like and the other thing is that like here's the thing about len replacing so, mixed right. alcohol stuff is that you can't if somebody is drinking a lot just take away all their alcohol they will die yeah no you withdraw and so that was a little con- concerning to me well i think that's also i think that is also admittedly like um why you know i know that 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 is the realism of it this is like the story of it like i understand in real life you can do that but like it it was very painful to see len new new len calling uh len two i'm gonna call him Mm -hmm. uh len two calling mick out for his alcoholism when it was the death of len that kind of spurred this alcoholic depressive downward spiral in mick and it was just really upsetting for me and just really sad because we had meant I've mentioned, and I'm sure you've mentioned too at some points, um, when they'll have jokes early on in the episode about like Mick having a drinking yes. problem. Always get frustrated with it. And every time I say, this isn't a funny thing to joke about. You have to stop making jokes about it. This is a real problem he clearly has. And again, I can understand why the team didn't act on it for any number of reasons. Yes. There are a lot. It's, n- it's not black and white when you're dealing with an alcoholic, especially yeah. when you are dealing with an alcoholic like Mick. This is not to drag him, but it is a very specific kind of alcoholism that he almost kind of does defiantly. Like he drinks in front of the team. Mm-hmm. He drinks a lot of the team because he is expect he he he's almost baiting them because he's expecting a fight and wants a fight. And yeah. Len is the only person I think who can go toe to toe with Mick in a fight that he won't regret. Because I think Ray could Ray could try, but Nick would say something to Ray that he would regret and it would hurt. Same Ray. with Amaya. 
seeing Len, as, who is, as I just said, kind of the only person who can go toe-to-toe with Mick, telling him he has a drinking problem, taking steps to correct that drinking problem, was really painful and sad. And I think seeing him say, my Mick was a wonderful person, broke this my Mick heart. This Mick is a wonderful person. This Mick is a wonderful person, but also when Mick was like, my Len was like a cold, heartless bastard, didn't give a shit if I drunk, if I drank. Of course he like, did. Like, that was the other thing. I'm like, I know he did. You know he did. You are saying that deliberately to get under. Like, it was. You're saying that to hurt me. It was a really married couple fight, which is why I didn't mind have made it uh, made up in the end off screen. Because I'm like, yeah, you did. Because this is a married couple fight. Like, this is such a like you are fighting in a really a way very specific to long term relationships. Yeah. Um. So Mick throwing that in Len's face is deliberate. I don't think he thought of Len that way. I think it was very much a you're not my real Len kind of thing. When um, is Forrest yeah. Ghost Len going to fucking drop from the ceiling and start yelling at fake Len? Like, stay. Okay, I'm going to be totally level with you. When fucking Leo called Amaya into the office, I really did uh, think he was going to just go, so why the fuck are you? Stay the fuck away from my husband. Amaya's face was, are you the ghost Len I keep seeing haunting are Nick you, and telling Are you ghost Ford, Len right? or are you? Like real good Len. Cause there's a, you know, you, you got to tell me um, because this conversation is going to go one of two very different ways. How <laughs> many, how many ghost Lens are you? I did like that. It was a genuinely, it was, it was a very married argument and i just can't believe they actually addressed mixed drinking i was like just kind of grateful for that i i was i was so i was so deeply i was like please i i cried over mick so much last episode why are you doing this to me again like it's really oh um dominic purcell i saw an interview with him first of all my favorite thing about dominic purcell is that he like us has no idea what the fuck is going on in this trash show And second of all, uh, John Constantine and uh, Leo were going to, like, flirt. And I really respected Dominic Purcell for having Mick say, like, Mick gets overwhelmed by it and is like, this is too much information, but not making Mick sound, like, homophobic. I think it's, and again, and I I'm like, that we get as, it. He's gay. I See, I also could see that as literally him being like, Mick is like, I just got you back, and now there's some new scruffy guy with a drinking problem uh that's hanging around and he's suddenly more attractive than me like it it <laughs> it's literally force ghost len like mick mm, is in force ghost len's position right now like he's 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 jealous i would like to see him realize that the feelings are jealousy because of how much he cares about len because that would be really interesting um mm, i wonder how that feels michael yeah, but with with that said, I mean the only thing that frustrated me a little bit at the end of uh, the episode was when uh, they started drinking again, like nothing had happened. Well, no, but when Goodlen was like, "I shouldn't have tried to change you," I'm like, "Yes, you should have." Yeah, you no, this problem. isn't. You made an okay call. That was fine. Yeah, you did, and I mean I understand. I think they were trying to from. A, I think they were trying to be like, "Well, this Len is different," and da 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 da. But like, no, he did the right thing. And I'm hoping, even though he had a beer at the end of it, that this is going to be like when uh, Seth got off heroin and from Dust Till Dawn. And, like, Mick is fine now. He'll just have an occasional beer and no one will ever bring it up yeah, again. Yeah, like how Seth from, from Dust Till Dawn just occasionally did heroin still? No, you know what I mean. Like, a yeah. very quick one-and-done kind of, okay, we addressed that they had a problem and now we're done addressing it and they're fine. The fact that Len did anything at all was, like, good enough for yeah. me. My standards, my standards are pretty low. My standards for this show are rock fucking bottom. In the bottom. toilet. Um, incidentally, speaking of, 
Didn't Victor Garber say at San Diego Comic-Con that France is the only one who knows what's going on at the show at any given moment? And now with that information, do you think they fired him? Because when they were talking in the writer's room about having Stein get the letter, oh France was the one who said, hey, wait, wouldn't that mean that Stein knew everything about what was going to happen to him over the events of everything that's come up in DCTV until the crossover? And then they said, you have, uh, you have to go. I'm sorry. So we he, can't. We- he said the forbidden words. <laughs> <laughs> they had the society of the blind eye him or something um um actually what what he said is that franz always fills him in and then what phil clever said is that brandon routh is the one who has to go into the writer's room and write oh, out on Jesus. a whiteboard what's fucking happened recently so that they remember first off i hate this secondly i hate this so much i hate this i hate this he probably would want to be a school teacher because he is a i fucker. have a real question why with, hasn't he with the way me? the midseason is going, with the way the show is going? Yes. Do you think there's a chance that we'll get because Ava Lance is going to happen? Do you think there's a chance for Amari or for Steel Adam? Um, that's a good question. Thank you for reminding me because I had been thinking about that occasionally. Um, because like because they it, feel more into, they feel like they're kind of like me. Don't I don't know, and like I don't mean that in a mean way, mm-hmm. but I will say, Amaya and Nate didn't have any major indications of oh we're getting back together again in the mid-season finale which i think is interesting if only because they weren't setting it up to happen um over 3b it might still happen but i will also say counterpoint they didn't really have anything with zari and amaya either um or nate and ray the past couple of episodes have been focused more on mick nate with mick um and now with sarah um especially so i can't i can't really say yes or no in large part because we haven't really paused to reflect on their relationships at at any point and this is not a this is not like a criticism because the plot has been moving plot air quotes has been moving relatively quickly so i understand we haven't really had a lot of time i think it could happen i think we still need to understand that as it stands now what is going on between the two of them two of those ships specifically is still queer baiting. This is not to say that I, I like, I like Amari. I would number one, be really happy, happier, frankly, because it would mean a lot if a, like on a social level, if Amari was a thing, but they have not given any indication that it is anything other than queer baiting. Um, same with steel Adam, but flip side they haven't really given any major indication that nate and amaya getting back together is going to be a big deal either i my worst case scenario which will probably happen now because i've spoken into existence is going to be that nate and amaya never get back together but amari and steel adam are just queer baiting forever and we just never get any resolution on any relationship i enjoy and then i guess it just fucking die yeah Um, yeah dying seems like that would be what happens yeah yeah pretty much um I don't, again, I don't want to seem like I don't like the ships or that I'm trying to, like, dash people's hopes or be negative about queer rep. But y'all have to understand that this isn't queer rep. This is queer baiting. There's a big fucking difference. Because, again, all the stuff with Ava and Sarah is gestures, is little things, parallels to... um, Yeah, you're right. Previous emotional moments, um, offhand comments that lead to physical, subtle stuff. Ava looking at her furs and smiling when Sarah compliments them, her on them. Of course they came back like you needed me. Like callbacks, little things like that. 
and not big sweeping declarative statements like Ava didn't say to Sarah, I think we're bound through time and destiny or something like that, which would kind of be queer baby if nothing else was really done about the relationship. Yes. Maya and Zari have only had moments like that. Um, I'm hoping, hoping, I almost said hoping, I'm hoping with the introduction of Kwasa, who I assume will be taking more center stage in season two, she fucking better because I'm season tired two? of Neil McDonough in a shitty Valhallen wig and a party city plastic Viking hat um, being the villain because that was stupid and dumb. And I forgot he, here's the thing is I don't give, I give so little of a fuck about Damien Dark. I genuinely forgot he was there. When he episode. showed up, I was like, oh, you're still here? Yeah, like literally, I was like, "What? What the fuck? Like, what's happening?" Um, I don't care. Um, but who the fuck is this? I, oh, right. That actually, I will say, I was kind of grateful that the Vikings were the, you know, uncivilized people mistaking an idiot in costume for their god because uh, mm-hmm. there are other ways that this show could have done that that would have been really racist. That would have been went, super racist. But so they, they went with the white people, and like, that's good. You should, you should definitely, you should do that. Like, I really thought that, I, I looked at a couple things and it was just the Viking twists because for a few, couple seconds I thought that things looked a little dread-like. No, they're just twists. And then I um, thought, and then I, I could literally hear someone in my head say, oh, well, didn't Vikings have dreads in the legend writer room? I was like, yes. And then, and then Phil Klemmer, I assume, got up. Yes. Tried to um, kill himself. It is a common racist tactic. to be like, oh, well, Vikings had dreads. They did not. What Vikings did was pack their braids with mud to prevent damage to the hair. Um, and it's almost like it's a form of deep conditioning uh, that, you know, when you didn't have real deep conditioner because you were in the middle of the fucking Vikings, Viking age, whatever, uh, you didn't have deep conditioner. So mud would fucking do. So people who say Vikings have dreads are racist um, and trying to justify the ugliest phenomenon on the fucking planet. Uh, Cisco made fun of white girl dreads this week and it was so good. Thank you. God. Oh, I love, I love a man. I love literally, I love my boy so much. I'm so sorry that your show is a hot mess. I love you, sweetie. Come back to me. Where did I see here again? I, he should really like go on, go on legends. Like you don't, I I love him, but like vibe is not really a flash character. Yeah. Again, like he can go on legends without it. Like feeling like stealing a character away from his own mythos. Like Cisco has a little more wiggle room. Um, and also means I wouldn't have to watch the flash aside from like Iris's scenes anymore. And Wally's when he comes back. But with that in mind, um, you know, I am very angry about what happened to Jax. And I think yeah. that my frustration is, is that colors all of the other feelings I have about this episode. Because this episode, and hell, this whole season, has been pretty uniformly amazing. Like, yeah. I can't think of an episode where we sat down and said, man, fuck this episode. We really enjoyed yeah. this whole first half of the season. And then this fucking happened. And that pisses me off. Yeah. Because it's essentially, you know, it, it, it's like... It, it's like getting to the bottom of a bubble tea and finding, like, a dead rat. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, you're enjoying your bubbles, and then, like, oh, shit, okay, like, there's been a dead rat in this the whole time. Like, it poisons my opinions on this episode. Yeah, And maybe not the whole season, but I'm yes. not happy about thinking about a Legends of Tomorrow without Jax. Because yes. he has so consistently been a moral compass and a light in the darkness for a lot of characters. Rip and Len and Jax have all, I mean, not Rip and Len and Mick at different points have all looked to Jax and Sarah, fuck, have all looked to Jax as a moral signpost. 
and and everyone else has, but like they love him. And he is like such a moral foundation for this team. He inspires people who might not always think to do the good thing or the right thing, to do the good thing and the right thing. And I hope that this is just a fake out. I really hope to the bottom of my heart that he comes back. But I I want Franz to be happy. I want Franz to be happy if he left because the show, I mean, the the producers of the show are trash heaps, allegedly. Um, I understand that. I have nothing but sympathy for him, you know, and I'm angry that they pushed him off the show with their horrible garbage moths spewing vile hatred, allegedly. Um, But if they just kicked him off because they were assholes, I hope that there is some pressure to bring him back on the show. I miss him already, and I am so upset that we lost him. With that in mind, I think the good, the the interesting thing to me is that what the final, final thought I have, because I'm uh, getting late, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm about Um, to pass out. Yeah, mood. Um, Is that what this show did as its mid-season hook was the reveal of John Constantine, which says to me they really know their audience. So this is what they knew would get people watching like into next season and again says a lot about what they think about their demographic mm-hmm. and it's like yeah i know five of us are watching the show and we're all some kind of gay i get it thank you phil it means Bring a lot Jack that you see us though. please stop That's listening good. to our podcast please stop listening to our podcast whoever on the staff is doing it you have to stop if you all sit around and listen to it together somehow uh just let me know so i can kill myself yeah um i will i will i will i will absolutely uh Bridget let me know so-, so i can cut my frog into peep pizza this is <laughs> my lab report um, i messed that up on a lot of levels you did honestly cut my frog into pizza so funny like thank you that's like adorable and funny as hell i love you i love you i'm always it always i look forward to this so much yes. i love doing this podcast with you so much i enjoy this a lot happy. we wouldn't do it if we didn't um we're gonna try i mean again I'm literally in the process of writing two papers. I have three presentations and two more papers to do in the next week and a half. So my job is a, I don't, I don't really know what I do for a living, but it's kind of crazy. That's valid. Um, but with that in mind, because legends isn't coming back till February, Mm -hmm. we are going to try to put out some podcasts, um, in the interim. We will probably do a live stream. Yeah. More than one live stream. Um, and we will not be involving any fucking cars in our live stream, but so we will be doing so something. So I, I think Arkham, I think Arkham's, Arkham Knight, who is Jason Todd, is out. Well, well, hopefully, since we'll have a little more time to plan, um, we can probably dig up something that's a little more, like, I indie. Could just, I could stream The Sims 4 from my computer. Oh, God. Um, that, that might be, that, that might be interesting, maybe, but, uh, we'll, we'll, again, we'll figure something out. We have plenty of time. I would actually love to do a Disney podcast or an animation podcast um, at some point. Okay. But let's think about uh, it. That's that's we'll, we'll consider this all later. Just know yes. that we'll still be making content um, and yeah. enjoying ourselves. And we hope that you come along and enjoy us enjoying ourselves. Enjoy too. whatever the fuck this is. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a while. Um, fucking friends, I'll give you twelve dollars to be on this podcast. Yeah. Oh my god, please. Friends, drama. Um, if you're out there, um, I'll give you twelve dollars. I'll give you $12 and uh, nude if you um, show up on this podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, But I am going to watermark that nude. Yeah, uh, that's valid. With that said, I am still, despite this, despite my anger, I am cautiously optimistic for the next half of the season. Yes. Um, It's going to be, I declare it. I declare season 3B is Amari's season. I declare it. I speak it over. 
I speak, I speak, I speak uh, the bi agenda into existence. I don't care what that entails. I speak the bisexual agenda yes. into this fucking I show. I speak it um, into existence. Just give me, just give me bye. Just, just give me. Okay. Um, and on that note, uh, good night, everybody. Thank good you night. for listening. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.